Dr. Isaac Dial Zero. The Brent Community Healthcare System presents Hospital Insider, the podcast. Your host is Gary Chalk, the retired director of public affairs for the Brandt Community Healthcare System, a newspaper columnist, and former radio broadcaster. The podcast features conversations with members of the medical staff, the caregivers, volunteers, the leadership team, and donors of the Brantford General Hospital and the Willett Hospital in Paris. Listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, will inform and educate you about hospital care. So please share this podcast with your family and friends and encourage them to subscribe as well. Remember, if it has to do with hospital care in Brantford, Paris, and throughout Brant County, we will talk about it on Hospital Insider, the podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is episode number six of Hospital Insider, the podcast. I'm Gary Chalk. Our guest today is Dr. Mike Piskevitz, who is a, a trained emergency physician, heads up the Urgent Care Center located at the Willett Hospital in Paris. The Willett along with the uh, Brantford General, formerly Brant Community Healthcare System. Mike, welcome. Thanks, Gary. Mike has been a physician at the uh, Brant Community Healthcare System for over 20 years, worked in the emergency department initially. Then about five or six years ago, you transitioned over to the Willett to head up the Urgent Care Center. And Mike, in the past, has described the Willett Urgent Care as a jewel in Ontario healthcare. We'll come back to that and talk about that. Along with uh, urgent care medicine, Mike practices occupational medicine over in Hamilton. Occupational medicine involves the study of occupational injury and illness. It includes asbestos, occupational cancers, and things. We'll come back to that as well. Also, Mike is uh, an assistant professor working part-time in the Department of Clinical Epidemiology and Biostatistics at McMaster University School of Medicine. We'll come back to that to talk. There's lots to talk about in this episode. So, uh, Mike, first of all, I have to ask the question. I asked this of Andrea Unger, Dr. Unger, the Chief of Emergency Medicine, when she was in to record a podcast. And I said, is there any similarity when I watch Grey's Anatomy and what I see a healthcare and a doctor is doing with what you do as a physician in an urgent care department? Geez, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to hear Andrea's answer. I've got to admit, I've never seen Grey's Anatomy. I know my kids have uh, binge-watched right through it, but my guess would be uh, probably not. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big TV guy. Um, the stuff isn't maybe as exciting as you might see on TV, but right. it's uh, interesting nonetheless. Certainly. Let's begin with your childhood. Where were, where were you born and educated? Uh, Belleville. I grew up in eastern Ontario. And went, went to high school, public school in Belleville, and um, went to school, uh, university in Queens, at Kingston, yes. for eight years. I was there, did engineering first, okay, and then did uh, medicine for four years. There's a number of physicians I know who have an undergraduate in engineering. Is there a relationship between a skill set of an engineer and a physician? Yeah, I think so. I think that engineering is a perfect background for medicine. It's uh, the body's engineered by somebody. We don't know who, but uh, they divine, uh, designed this incredible mechanism that is the human being. So as an engineer, you sort of study or try and figure out how things work, and how to fix things. And that's essentially what I'm doing in medicine. So uh, a lot of things transferred over. The big thing was problem solving, of course understanding what the issue is and getting getting to the issue as rapidly and economically as possible and that's what you have to do in emergency and in urgent care medicine absolutely yeah there's an efficiency to it that's that's sort of an important underlay of of the work that we do right you're not like a a family physician a general practitioner likely knows the patient has some background you're meeting the patient for the first time 
That's correct. And there's usually one specific problem people are coming with. So, you know, it, it very much fits with my personality. Okay, tell me what's your issue. Let's deal with that. And, and that is the, the thing that we're managing that day. Why did you determine that it was best to move into emergency medicine? As again, opposed to anything else in medicine. Yeah, again, I sort of like the pace of it. I like dealing with one problem at a time, moving on to the next thing. Um, what else did I like? It's a good question. It's sort of, uh, I think I like the hours of it initially. Uh, I like the fact that you're sort of there, you're working, you go home at the end of the day, you're done your shift. It's sort of a, yes. a, a very natural way to work. How difficult a job was it I'm thinking over now in your ER days, Brantford General, high acuity patients, 60,000 patients a year or whatever. How difficult it was that working environment? Yeah, it was, uh, I'm not sure difficult is the right word, stressful. It was certainly a, a lot of pressure on that. I always felt the pressure and I think it was a bit of a, a character fault. I just, I, I don't like people waiting and I always felt the pressure of the emer of the waiting room there and knowing that there's another 20 people to be seen and you could sort of never catch up was part of the frustration of it. Uh, you'd get those days where it was fairly quiet and, and, and it was a lot easier to manage, but um, it was like this constant tidal wave of, uh, of patience. Yeah, exactly. Never stop. And you'd know that going in, mm -hmm. driving to work in the morning, you know, there's 30 patients waiting. Exactly. And I think you then sort of have to have the mindset of, well, I'm only doing what I can do. Uh, I'll see what I can. Um, and to be honest, I found that hard. It wasn't quite what I liked. And it's what I like very much about the urgent care, that we've got finite boundaries of, of what we're seeing, what the hours are of managing those patient loads. And um, I think it's a bit of the expectation of the urgent care as well. I think people expect to come in, be seen, but expect as well some efficiency of it, that this isn't a, an emergency department. Yeah, there's not another more serious patient, perhaps, that's likely correct. to come in ahead of me. Yeah, that's right. So we are recording this uh, episode of Hospital Insider. There's snow outside. It's early January. Hospitals, walk-in clinics, urgent cares, ERs, they seem to have incredible high numbers of patients throughout the holiday period. Same thing happened this year at the Willet. Was it a busy, busy yeah, time? Yeah, it was uh, wild this year. Biggest numbers we had, actually. We had th our three biggest days ever at the Willet. And when one day came, you didn't think it was going to get busier, and the next day was actually busier. So we were up at uh, our biggest day was 120 people through the door over those 12 hours, which is pretty. That's uh, almost pretty double, wild. isn't it? Yeah, it's almost double what our typical load might be on on a day like that. Wow. Yeah. Patients uh, understanding. Yeah, they were actually. Um, we were able to get them through relatively efficiently and I think deal with all the issues well. Uh, but yeah, they were, they were very understanding. Partly it's the time of year. There were a lot of comments and you could feel the overwhelming uh, volumes at all the centers actually. So a lot of people saying, well, yeah, I've tried here, I tried here, it was packed and, and they finally came to us. So you knew that everywhere it was quite full for the typical reasons, of course. Family yes. doctor's offices are closed. Uh, seem to be a lot of stuff going around like right now, infectious disease that brought people in. Uh, so typical reasons as well. We did some outreach just to try and get some of those peop people out of the eMERGE departments mm -hmm. and come see us. So mm -hmm. two hours at the urgent care is much better spent than six hours burdening the eMERGE with some of the, uh, some of the issues that we could handle. Why don't we try to define at this point, Mike, what is a 
difference between an emergency department, an urgent care center, and a walk-in clinic. Start with the urgent care. Yeah, so the urgent care is somewhere in between the walk-in clinic and, and the emergency department. The emergency department identifies um, triage levels of patients based on their severity. So we see, would see sort of the lower severity of what you'd expect an emergency department to handle. Uh, maybe it's best to start out with what we don't see. We don't see uh, life-threatening uh, or limb-threatening injuries or illnesses. So things like heart attacks, uh, cardiac disease, severe respiratory disease, obstetrical injuries, uh, major trauma or major musculoskeletal um, injuries should be going to an eMERGE department. Uh, that being said, a lot of what eMERGE sees is the lower acuity stuff, the triage fours and fives, we call them. And those are things we can handle. So um, short of those acute emergencies I'd mentioned, the sort of things we'd see in, a, in an urgent care uh, are things that need to be handled relatively urgently and uh, of somewhat lower acuity. So for example, things like fractures, lacerations, infectious disease, um, dermatitis, uh, things that are sort of an acute nature but um, don't need rapid urgent care. And then below that is walk-in clinic. And, and to differentiate an urgent care from a walk-in clinic or our urgent care from a walk-in clinic, it's um, perhaps our ability to manage the certain things. So we have immediate turnaround of x-ray, blood work, uh, so we can see the acute fractures. Lacerations, uh, we can do. An urgent care, uh, sorry, a walk-in clinic likely cannot do that. Um, and then if there's any question in the minds of the patient, so I've got abdominal pain, I'm not sure I should go to eMERGE or urgent care or walk-in clinic, we can sort of triage them in the proper way. We have the benefit of uh, being affiliated with the Brantford General, of course. And so we've got a, a close relationship and refer things back and forth depending on the, the need for that. So if we see something that's beyond our scope, we can start the workup and then transfer it on uh, as needed down to the... Uh, down to the eMERGE department. Whereas a walk-in clinic, I don't think you should either triage yourself that way or nor do I think they would have that ability to sort of work hand-in-hand -hand collaboration with the, with the hospital. Right, your physicians that you work alongside with at the, uh, the Willett Urgent Care, the nurses, et cetera, they're all trained in providing urgent care medicine. That's correct, in fact, uh, almost all of us are emergency trained physicians that work there with a specific skill set to work in an emergency. And now we're dealing with more urgent care type of stuff. In fact, some of us work in both places concurrently. You also have a couple of uh, other benefits of the Willett Urgent Care, um, such as same day blood work. Yes. Same, same day imaging results. So perhaps going to other centers, aside from an emergency room in a hospital, they perhaps may say, here's a script, make sure you get an x-ray or whatever, you can do that one-stop shopping? That's right, which is a huge benefit. And, and in fact, uh, you know, the, the other model seems almost antiquated to get a script for blood work and, and x-ray and expect the patient to sort of walk around trying to problem solve that doesn't, doesn't seem very economical from their perspective or ours actually. Right, and you also have contact with your peers over at Brantford General. It's probably not unlikely if need be, you can pick up a phone and talk to one of the specialists and get an opinion. 
Yes, that's correct. So we've got a very strong relationship with the, with the whole staff over at BGH. So that brings me around to that comment that you made before, which is that you consider the Willett Urgent Care to be a jewel in Ontario healthcare. I'm assuming it's for some of the reasons we've just explained. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, if I were to recommend family member, friends, whatever, to any sort of health care, I think that's one of the, the best models is in urgent care for, for a lot of health issues. I know I've told this to many friends as recently as a couple of days ago. I've been there myself with my wife, with my mother-in-law, etc. It's this jewel that's out there that's set up for exactly mm-hmm. what it should be doing. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's part as well a, a, a geographic sort of thing, which is kind of interesting. You're sort of removed from the hospital and the stress of the environment, uh, which is another factor of it. So come up to Paris and the parking is right there. It's a little easier. There's not sort of the pressure of feeling you're in a hospital hospital environment. So uh, I I, I think it it adds to the experience as well. So I think we've probably sold a lot of people they should go to the Willet, but they have to remember it's not an emergency department. It's not open 24-7. It has set hours. That's correct. Yeah, we're open from uh, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on weekdays and 10 to 6 on the weekends. Patients arrive, they're primarily seen in order of arrival? They generally are, although we triage them to some extent, so the more serious things will get bumped ahead. Now, with these increasing numbers, a typical day pre-Christmas is probably 50 or 60 patients in, in a day. Uh, 12-hour day would more, be more like 65, 70. Okay. And then the eight-hour weekends are usually 50 to 60. Now, because you you close, you're no longer staffed at a certain point in time, what happens if I arrive at four in the afternoon and there are 30 people waiting? We do have closures. We're trying to get rid of those, but we we are constrained to some extent by the end of the day. So if we get the sense that we can't get everyone through the door by a certain hour, we have to close. And then so we'll turn away people at at the end of the day. And again, we're trying to uh, minimize that. We don't tend to get a lot at the end of the day anymore. Um, A lot of our surges happen through the day, particularly first thing in the morning. So the the late evening things aren't as much. Again, uh, one of the innovations was to develop a website that people can go to to see that we're open and as well to see the volume. So they can sort of check before they come to get a sense of whether they should be coming at the end of the day. Renew prescriptions if I'm in the need of a renewal? Generally, a little bit of a nuanced answer. We will do uh, most things. There are some things we won't do, like controlled substances of narcotics or sedatives. It takes a big load, obviously, off of, in this case, the Brantford General Emergency Department, where there's 70,000 patients in a year. Sometimes you wish there was some magic dust you could sprinkle <laughs> and have more physicians and more staff extend right. the hours. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. We did a survey of the public to see what they expected of the urgent care, of the the Willett in particular. Uh, A common theme was, of course, what you'd expect. We want less wait times, um, more doctors that work there. But a lot of people wanted extended hours and 24-hour service at the Willett, which would be great. But uh, we're not getting paid to do that at this point. And there aren't that many more physicians and others no. who can, can move in. There's a no. competition for that. Uh, I think it'd be pretty quiet, too, at Paris at uh, 3 in the morning. Interesting. So just to recap, who should not come to urgent care? So life-threatening or limb-threatening type of issues. Uh, life-threatening would be things like severe cardiac disease or, or most cardiac disease, actually. If you think you're having a heart attack, do not come to the Willet. If you're having chest pain or palpitations or significant shortness of breath, 
uh, do not come to the well. If you're kind of questioning whether you should call an ambulance, you should probably be going to emergency. Okay, interesting. The I've off I've not often, but I've read that even if you are a member of a physician practice that have their own walk-in clinic, you can still come to the urgent care at the Willet, correct? That's correct. So it's one of the important things for the public to know that uh, if they are a member of a family health team or family, family health organization, which most people are, these are these sort of structures where your family doctor says, don't go to a walk-in clinic. We are excluded from that. In other words, you can come to the Willet for those issues, uh, and we have no impact on your family doctor's billings. Okay, that's good to know. We mentioned at the outset that uh, Mike also practices occupational medicine in Hamilton. What is occupational medicine? Occupational medicine's uh, a little known or regarded uh, specialty of medicine. What it is is uh, the medicine of people that work, and most of us work. Uh, it sort of came from my engineering background. I, I, I worked at Defasco and, and other uh, industries. So I always liked that sort of cohort. I liked uh, being around workplaces. So occupational medicine is dealing with the diseases associated with the workplace. And as you can imagine, it's a lot of different things. It can be things like inhalation risk, like silicosis. It can be things like dermatitis. I do a lot of respiratory disease like work-related asthma. It's musculoskeletal disease like back pain, shoulder pains. So it's a whole myriad of things with the um, sort of underlying caveat that uh, it's related to work. So you would provide these services through industries as opposed to a private practice? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I, I do some industrial work, so I work for the employers. I also do some governmental work. So one of the clinics I work with is funded by the through the uh, Ministry of Labor, actually, and it's a health clinic for people that work. So we see anything that anybody might come to us for. In fact, we even see workplaces. So if the question is, um, we see a lot of cancers in our workplaces. This related to the work environment. We will go in there and investigate that. So it's a multidisciplinary clinic, actually. I work, uh, medicine, uh, the doctor is part of that equation, but the other part is uh, an occupational hygienist who understands exposures, mm -hmm. chemicals, those sort of things. And as well, ergonomists who understand how people work and biomechanics of movement. Uh, so we work together to solve problems based on either a patient level or a workplace level. It's very interesting work. Almost sounds like it's going back to that previous education, the engineering background. It, it, it completely is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Mike is also an assistant professor, Department of Clinical Epidemiology and Biostatistics at McMaster. What's that all about? Epidemiology is a study of disease, so it sort of goes along with the occupational type of... Um, medicine, what we need to do is, is study people on a larger basis. So I don't only see patients, but study the overall trends of that and try to do reporting. So epidemiology is the way to understand uh, greater trends of disease in people. It involves a lot of statistics and observation of things. Would this be at a regional level, national, international level, where you're following these trends or stats? 
Uh, generally, it's sort of a local, more regional type of level. For instance, some of the work has involved studying health effects of migrant farm work workers who you might see around here. These are the people that come from Mexico and Jamaica, amongst other countries, and they work in Canada. So we've done some work to study the health effects of those workers on some local farms. Interesting. Now, with all this story, you may think that Mike never gets away, but you do enjoy traveling. You enjoy some things outside of uh, work with your family. You're married, a couple of children. Yeah, we uh, we have three kids, teenagers now. One's off to school soon, or off to university soon. Are any of them interested in medicine? Yeah, I think so. I'm sort of pushing that way. I'm trying to. They're all. I'm trying to direct them towards engineering. Our oldest daughter just got accepted at engineering Excellent. at Queens, where I went to school, and my son wants to do a similar sort of thing. And uh, at least he, he is thinking of uh, uh, going into medicine, trying to get, he's actually starting to volunteer at the Willet as well. So he'll get some exposure to that, which is good. Great exposure. Our son volunteered at, uh, at Brantford General in the emergency department. Oh, was that department. right? Uh, really? Always wanted to be a physician, went on and went over to London School of Economics to get his, uh, oh, his master's in uh, oh, yeah. economics, came back and is in healthcare and doing quite well. Uh, in, in, in a different form of what he thought he may be getting into. Well, the, yeah, the volunteers, just that while we're speaking to that, they're such important people to the work that we do that uh, particularly at the Willet, if, if uh, the volunteers there, they can make such an impact on how we work, keep the patients going, keep yes. the flow of the, of the clinic running. So uh, I can't speak enough of them. There's some great volunteers that we work with. I understand you like to bike. I do, yes. Get out often? Not as much as I'd like. Um, I'm still biking to work, although the roads don't look great. We'll see how it is tomorrow. Uh, so I like to bike to work most days and through the summer, get out on some bigger rides on the yes. weekends. Yes. You don't want to end up in the wintertime biking and being your own patient. <laughs> no, that's always the risk. As we approach the uh, end of this episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast, and before we play what has become a tradition, a round of this and that with Mike, let's just recap quickly those who should, they're not feeling well. I've been out curling, I wake up, my back is stiff, I've, I've had a bad cold for a week, now my ears are, are aching. I'm probably a good candidate to consider coming to the urgent care center, correct? Yes, that's correct. It's most health issues, actually. It's, it's everything, again, short of something that is emergent, something you might feel you need an ambulance for or something that you feel might threaten your life in the, in the immediate period. But we can handle almost all other health issues. It's interesting, many times I, I tell people about why you should consider the urgent care. At the time when they have to make the decision, they start to wonder, well, for instance, if I, if I cut my finger, can you do stitches at the Willet? Yes, absolutely. Right. And you'll get them a lot faster where we are. Definitely. So to recap, the hours of the urgent care center at Willet are? We're 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekends. And as per any other health appointment, bring your OHIP card. Yes, yes. And again, check the website. So those are our hours. And if you go on the website, you can see how many patients are in the waiting room and the estimated waiting time. So you can plan your visit a little bit. I would say as well, we're just trying to do some outreach to people. Try not to come first thing in the morning. That's when the biggest surge is. So we usually have people waiting at the door. If you actually show up about two, three hours later, you're going to wait a lot less in most circumstances. But again, check the website. Let's play this and that. 
Mike does not know the questions. <laughs> we'll see what he answers right off the top. A little bit uh, of learning on on, uh, on this portion of the podcast. All right. I, the question I, I wrote here was, will you be taking a break this winter? And when you arrived at the studio, you're just coming back. Yeah, just got back from Florida last night, which was a nice little break. I'm actually got, I've got a trip planned in a month from now, going to New Zealand for a couple of weeks, which Excellent. should be nice. Yeah. Excellent. Get away from uh, Canadian winter again. Yes. So that follows up with the question, wintertime or summertime vacation, whenever you want to go, you're going to go where it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't That's ski? Right. I do ski, actually. We were talking, we're going away from March break and talking about a ski vacation then. Uh, sn- snowboard, actually. I'm a terrible skier. Okay. High tech or low tech? Would you set up your own home theater or would you hire somebody to come in and do it for you? High tech. I love that stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Doesn't intimidate you? No. Do you enjoy going to the movies or at home watching Netflix? Uh, I like going to the movies. Jackson Square's got a great theater, recliners. It's, it's the best place to watch a movie and it's a 10 minute walk for us. So uh, like that. Do you enjoy reading? I do. Any books or authors that you enjoy? Just finished Ken Follett, um, what was the Eye of the, Eye of the Needle. It's a good book. He's, a, he's an easy read. Drive a car or a truck? Car. And ride your bike? Yes. Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Not a coffee drinker. Neither. Not a coffee drinker? Nope. Had one cup of coffee in my life. Really? Yeah. Bad experience and you said that was it? I didn't, didn't see the appeal of it. Interesting. Yeah. You're not a Red Bull guy? No. You don't need something no, to motivate I, you and get uh, you moving? I am, I am water. That's my uh, fluid of choice. Okay, how about uh, wine? Drink red wine or white wine or no wine? Uh, definitely not white. I, I'll drink red if it's the choice. Yes, a little more complex. If you hadn't become a physician, what would you be doing? Well, I did engineering before this, so I would likely be doing something related to that. Uh, what did I do? It was sort of, I did some biomechan- biomedical type of stuff, but also like ceramics, so high-tech ceramics. There was, uh, I was in materials and metallurgical, so it was a really burgeoning world back then of uh, micro-materials for electronics industry, for, in- for instance. So I likely would have been doing that. What would I have liked to have done? I would have liked to have order- opened a... Uh, Bookstore would be awesome or some sort of work like that. would be great. We all have dreams that we never followed <laughs> probably for, for a reason. Yes. This concludes episode number six of Hospital Insider, the podcast. Our guest has been Dr. Mike Pisklevitz, who is the lead physician at the Willett Urgent Care Center, part of the Brant Community Healthcare System, with uh, an approximately 20,000 patients in the course of a year. Mike, thanks for all that you and your, your other physicians and the other expert carers and the volunteers at the Willett are providing. I know that the community would be, it would be a big void if the Urgent Care Center didn't exist. So thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So please join me in another two weeks' time. Thursday, January the 30th, we'll have episode number seven of Hospital Insider, the podcast. In the meantime, stay well so you can do good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Hospital Insider, the podcast, a presentation of the Brandt Community Healthcare System. Hospital Insider, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting forum. Please press subscribe and you will always be up to date with Hospital Insider, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please pass it along to your friends. Encourage them to subscribe as well. It's appreciated. In two weeks, we'll return with a new episode of Hospital Insider, the podcast with Gary Chalk. Thank you for listening. I'm Sandy Bishop.